Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Through Nick and Thin. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host. My name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is the lovely, the incomparable, the effervescent... Hannah, Hannah, how are you doing today? This is almost surreal. And I, <laughs> the thought that crossed through my brain was what if he replaced me? Like in the time that we took off. Oh, yeah. Got and instead of saying like, joining me as always, it was joining me for the first time. <laughs> a new person. Yeah. Join, I, or I just play it off like I like I've, I've like that yeah. new person has always been the co-host yeah and it's another man with a really deep voice yeah <laughs> just, yeah I can be another man with a really deep voice yeah. the listeners don't know what you look like no that's uh, they probably do they probably do it's um okay. <laughs> anyway hi guys hi welcome back oh my god we nice took... to hear see you see we you. don't see you <laughs> great it we was, can see you. <laughs> we can see you we're outside the window look out the window right now that shadowy figure is us podcasting in your ears we're here today after a few months off we're shaking off the rust i think clearly uh but we're here to talk about of course the movie everyone's talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent from 2022 that's this year it is in theaters right now it is nowhere else only in theaters i took handwritten notes in a very dark theater i'm excited to talk about it but before we do that i think everybody knows the general plot nick cage plays an exaggerated version of himself so i'm just gonna give it right over to hannah to jump right into some background and behind the scenes information on this movie my oh my. How was that is for an there... intro? Is that okay? Yeah, that was great. Oh, thanks. Couldn't even tell we took however many months off we took. <laughs> this was exciting, but also overwhelming to research because yeah. there is so much content. Yeah. Much less the fact that we haven't recorded a podcast in a few months and Nick's got some stuff going on in his personal life as sure well. Sure does. Also... I'll get to the interviews themselves, but Nick made his first late night talk show appearance in 14 years for this wow. movie. And so who, he's who back on he the circuit. On? He started on Kimmel and he's been on a few okay. since. Okay. But Kimmel was the first one. Good and I would Kimmel. love to talk about what he wore. Okay, great. Um, But first, before I get ahead of myself, mm. the unbearable weight of massive talent. And oh boy, was that weight unbearable no it was great we loved the movie <laughs> no yeah it was fantastic it was so much fun it was exactly what you want in that movie like they the directors producers actors writers they just crushed the tone it they was really so did. well made and critics agree yeah uh 89 on rotten tomatoes so far movie just came out last week yeah. 7.8 out of 10 on imdb budget was 30 million projected box office for just this weekend was already 8 million Movie mm -hmm. came out officially on Friday. We saw it on Thursday. Heck yeah, we did. We had an early media screening. Nah, I'm kidding. We, didn't. we didn't. We, we were invited with, to <laughs> with how a few special people, screening. <laughs> with how few people were in that theater, it felt like we were in a media screening it, because yeah. You would think that media screenings would have a lot of people in them. I don't know how many people are there that write about movies. I guess a lot. Okay. Certainly not at the theater we went to. Oh yeah. <laughs> Lionsgate acquired production rights for this movie on November 15th, 2019. Wow. So long time in the making. Yeah. Like I said, released April 22nd, 2022. Uh, 2222. That's fun. Ooh. We saw it on 2122 and on 2022. <laughs> and I only know this because uh, Nick Cage made a 420 joke when he, uh, that's when he did his nice. his Kimmel appearance. Nice. So all, all of this is like very recent information that we're oh, going to yeah. be sharing with you. That's why people come to us for the latest news. I also want to say, please pause the podcast right now if you intend mm. on watching this movie. Yeah. Spoiler um, alert for this movie. Yeah. I mean, the the... The point of our podcast, as Steve explained in the beginning, is that we are watching every Nick Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. Bingo. Now, we understand that a lot of our listeners also like to watch these movies. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't seen this one yet, maybe wait. If you are a listener that is listening to the podcast for the purpose of listening to us talk about them so that you don't have to watch it, mm -hmm. then listen on yeah. and enjoy. Yeah. 
Director Tom Gormican, who I've never heard of. No, me neither. He directed a movie called That Awkward Moment with Zac Efron in 2017. I remember looking up this movie on IMDb before why? we went to go see it. But not, oh, not oh. What, the unbearable way. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, yeah, why? Massive talent movie. <laughs> so I looked it up and then it was like people also searched for That Awkward Moment. I was like, what? On this God's green earth, do those two movies have in common? The director, Tom Gormican. He also directed a short-lived Fox, I believe, series called Ghosted. Oh, is that the one that's still on? I don't think so. There's one about ghosts. Yeah, I don't think Where she can see ghosts. No, I think this was like Ghosted, like a relationship. Oh, okay. Judging by his other (laughs) film, The uh, Awkward Moment with Zac Efron, I assume I've never seen it. Oh, really? And I think... Is it like Miles a rom-com, Kelly. I assume? Yeah, it's With horrible. that crew? It's horrible. Well, this wasn't. No, so Tom, this was Tom really redeemed himself here. <laughs> he wrote a letter to Nick Cage in whatever, 2018, when he was pitching this project. Um, and the letter really won Nick over. Nick had turned down uh, this project three to four times. Mm. He said, I wanted no part of it. Then I got Tom's letter and I thought, okay... He's not trying to mock the so-called Nick Cage. There's real interest in some of my earlier work, which there is so many callbacks to Nick's early work and some obscure work, too, that like if we were just your average moviegoers, we wouldn't. And we are truly just your average moviegoers, but we have something unique in that we've watched uh, over 100 Nick Cage movies. So every reference to any movie that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. We knew, oh, and yeah. we were dying laughing in the theater. And there were some people I think who were giggling, mm-hmm. but of the seven people in the theater with us, I was looking around when some of these like more obscure uh, films were yeah. like announced. I yeah, guess on yeah. on on the in the movie, um, they they didn't get it. There's a really specific one about halfway through the movie that we'll talk about that I was like, nobody's seen that movie, but yeah. it's a big plot point. Look, in looking this forward movie. to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this movie was filmed in Croatia. Uh, during the pandemic in October 2020, because it was filmed during the pandemic and abroad, um, mm. the director, Tom Gormican, I'm just going to call him Tom. Tommy. We're on a first name basis. Yeah. Uh, he said that it was really hard to source a lot of the props. Mm. Um, there was a oh. prop room in particular in yes. the movie that we'll get to that yeah. was very challenging, apparently, yeah. to source. Yeah, you saw it in the trailer where there's the big wax statue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we're not giving anything away by, <laughs> by saying that. You know, mm-hmm. it's stuff mm-hmm. like that, though. All right, so back to... I, I A little digression, but back mm-hmm. to the letter that uh, Tom wrote to Nick to try to convince him to be in this movie. Uh, part of Nick's trepidation from taking this was that he didn't feel a true connection to this character because he thinks that they have nothing in common, mostly in the way that they deal with family matters. Right. um, Which is a big uh, plot point in the movie. Mm -hmm. So Tom kind of eased his, I guess, hesitancy by saying, look, Nick, this is a movie. We're telling a story and the character has to evolve to a point. Right. So, you know, the qualities that this character is going to have may not match yours in real life in the beginning of the movie, but I'm hoping that by the end of the movie it will. Yeah, that makes sense. So, like I said, Nick turned this down three to four times, and Tom and the writer, um, Kevin Eden, were so obviously gung-ho that Nick would take on this project. Yeah. From the beginning, it was always going to be about Nicolas Cage. They're okay. big fans of him. Yeah. As seen by all the references to his early obscure work. Yeah, for sure. Um, if Nick didn't take the role, their other choices were Daniel Day-Lewis in a Nick Cage prosthetic or Christian Bale in a Nick Cage prosthetic. <laughs> Those two would be... I, I, first of all, I think Daniel Day-Lewis is retired from acting. Right? Is he? I don't I think know. So. But how hilarious would that be? It's just like from Lincoln to Nick Cage. <laughs> National treasure, anyone? <laughs> um so the the story goes that tom and kevin the writer lit one of those you know the prayer candles like the tall prayer candles (laughs) they make what are what else are they called uh votive candles candles or something yeah they're the you know like tall cylindrical ones that Mm -hmm. that sometimes like you see like kitschy celebrities on them well obviously they make a nick cage one i'm pretty sure it's in that prop room that we'll get to in the movie um 
And apparently the writer and the director lit a Nick Cage prayer candle, said a prayer, and then like the next day he accepted the role. Or he like accepted like an offer to go to lunch with them. Nice. So they ate a salad with Nick at Pacific Dining Car Restaurant in downtown LA. Nick showed up in jeans and a tee. And then later that night, he had a uh, a movie premiere for the movie Color Out of Space, which oh, wow. go yeah. back and listen to that episode. Yeah. Um, and movie. he was wearing a Gucci leather suit. And they were saying, wow, you know, we saw him earlier today in jeans and a tee because he's just a normal guy. And then later he's, you know, this personified version of of uh, oh, himself yeah. and just like he's just like a celebrity later but yeah. you know the real nick eats salad at a dining car in jeans and a t-shirt apparently <laughs> yeah there's been a lot of talk lately about nicholas cage obviously because of this movie but more specifically about is nicholas cage a weirdo at heart or is yes. he <laughs> oh, or full stop or is it a character that no he nick's does... a weirdo at heart yeah yeah <laughs> But, there's been... but we've seen the evolution of Nick, too. We've seen it. And yeah. he even comments on that. So oh, another part of the movie that we'll talk about is the young version of Nick appears. Oh, yeah. Called Nicky. Yes. And it's modeled after Wild at Heart, um, yeah. his character Wild at Heart. Originally, they wanted to model it after his character in Con Air. But he said uh, that's not like who he was at the time. Yeah. And he called back to that interview that he did for Wild at Heart which we've talked about before we watched it. It was like with a British interview show. Yeah. It's like a it's like a Tom Cruise on Oprah, like where he's yeah. jumping up and down. Yep. And he's he's acting like a lunatic. And Nick's uh comment co- Nick's comment on his own self at that appearance on a talk show was obnoxious, irreverent, arrogant madman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like an interview where it's like, can you describe yourself in five words? It's that. That's how I would describe uh-huh. Nicolas Cage in yep. five words. But from that specific interview? Yeah. Or just like in from general? From like the first, I don't know, 15 like, years of his career. <laughs> well, we're celebrating the 43rd year of Nick's career in cinema. Wow. 43rd. What a year to celebrate. <laughs> Uh, Like I said, he had a hard time with this movie because um, family is really important to him. Yeah. Hard to put family aside. He's a big family guy. And he also said that he doesn't use a lot of profanity in real life. um, And in the movie, (laughs) he uses quite a bit. bit. He um, said that he has very quiet moments at home with his cat reading, but that's not fun to show for a movie. That is not very fun. His brother, his cat brother, right? (laughs) Oh, I'll get to that. Oh, okay, fantastic. That was his old cat. His he's old had cat. many cats over the years. Well, he's had many animals. He's like a bit of a, like a menagerie at home. Yeah. Is that the word? I've always pronounced it menagerie, but I think that's because I'm from the Northeast. I'm <laughs> of not. Of the country. Yeah, <laughs> I Hannah's am a, also. Has, Hannah's a Southern Belle. We, we never <laughs> talk about that on this podcast. <laughs> that, that explains the deep Southern accent that you hear. <laughs> we also learned... Um, a little bit more about the mundane life of Nick Cage. We learned about his morning routine Ooh, in an interview name? I read. Okay. He said every morning he runs five to eight miles on the elliptical. Bullshit. Oh, okay. I'm an elliptical. Yeah, All like right. fucking lame <laughs> as hell. I thought like he was going out <laughs> no, and running five to eight miles. No, he LA goes on the elliptical. He lifts some weights. He reads the news. He feeds his animals and he calls his sons. That's every morning <laughs> when he's not working. Okay. Any he, Anything he calls, to share? He calls I, well, his sons. Yeah. They're older. Well, his one son is like 15 or something, right? I think he's like 17 now. Cal? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cal L. And I, th- I think actually I heard him pronounce it Cal L. Ew. I know. Isn't that the worst? <laughs> if you're going to you name him Cal L, at least call him Cal L. Or, or go by Cal. Um, you know, like what does the kid go by? Does he like... I don't fucking know. Anyway, but his other son's like... Weston? 40. Yeah. <laughs> so he calls them. That's nice, I guess. He calls it's great. Them he's guy. a big family guy. That's true. He's he got, I mean, he, he if he's saying he is, he's got to prove it. That's true. And this is his That's proof. That's true. Yeah. All right. He was asked about the constant amount of working, which he's always asked about because yeah. the man never stops. Yeah. He also said this will continue. So he he's not giving up anytime <laughs> soon. Okay. And he said that by consistently working, it's made me better at my job. Well, Pig was incredible. So Pig was really... Uh, and he Nick's, was great in this, too. Nick's, over the years, found a way to bring like more simplicity to his performances. Yes. They're not these over-the-top, right. you know, for no there reason. There are certainly some over-the-top, for-no-reason moments. But oh, yeah. I feel like in his later work, there's just like an underlying tone of, 
I don't know, just like calm yeah. within him. Yeah, it's calm within him. Love that. He's he's so enlightened, Steve. <laughs> I wonder if this is like the eye of the storm. I wonder if by the time Nick Cage is like in his 80s and still acting, he's going to revert back to the way he was. It's just a madman. Oh, <laughs> do you think like he's going to get dementia and that's why? No. <laughs> <laughs> I do now. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i don't That's... want to think about that he's only 58 <laughs> yeah but i mean i just mean like i could see him taking on roles when he's you know in his 70s or 80s and mm-hmm. like he's still like clint eastwood or something well, but he'll but... but he might be hired to be like a quirky old man that's what i mean i think yeah. those are the roles he's gonna get yeah. right yeah well i hope for his sake that he has a way to turn his career around so that he can continue doing this type of work, which like fulfills him. Yeah, that's true. He was asked about all of the memes and like the paraphernalia that you can purchase. I guess not paraphernalia. What no, would... paraphernalia yeah. I think makes sense. All just the merchandise. Stuff with his face Like on Nick it. merch. Yeah. And um, he was asked about the sequin pillow, which we have one. There's <laughs> yeah. one in the movie. And if you want yeah. to see ours, I think it's like one of the first things you posted on in the Instagram. Yeah, Steve the runs Instagram. the Instagram, by the way. Which is, <laughs> I why, take no credit which is why I'm so bad at it. Because I don't have <laughs> any other social media. I just have a Nicolas Cage Instagram. And I forget to check it frequently. <laughs> so apologies if I haven't responded to a message. <laughs> so when asked about the sequin pillow, his first reaction was, Why? There are more famous actors out there that don't have this. Maybe the internet clearly picks facial expressions that I've had, that I've made to break free from naturalism. Um, okay. I don't 100% know what that means, but okay. That's just what he said. So he, so what he's saying there is that... Like the memes and all right. of the merch with his crazy faces. Yes. He's saying that the internet cherry picks... Mm-hmm. moments from his performances that he's made expressions on his face to quote unquote break free from naturalism i don't know because he's a farce and nouveau shamanic <laughs> all right whatever man whatever gets you through the day <laughs> so we talked about his cat earlier yes so he has a cat currently named merlin believe mm-hmm. i've spoken of him before i think you have yeah he is a Maine coon which is one of those big fluffy like oh, really yeah. big fluffy cats that i believe like the qualities and then they like water i think they're similar to dogs and their personalities mm, okay he said that this is his best friend not his brother he said it's his best friend <laughs> and the interviewer said do you have any tips for having a great relationship with your cat? So listen up, everyone, for oh, some sage oh. wisdom about how to have a good relationship with your cat. Yeah. Nick said, respect them and let them come to you. He said that Merlin is currently pissed at him because he got a Pomeranian. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Nick said that his relationship with Merlin is so different than any relationship he's ever had with another animal. He said it's a real human level of affection Merlin is like a son to him. It's very intense. Jesus, like, <laughs> but like, it's, I, mean, I get like, it. I get it. Now that <laughs> now that we're pet owners, I now get it. But also, like, dude, you have you have a brother, and you've compared your cat to your brother. You have a wife who should be your best friend, Rico Shibata. <laughs> so don't compare your cat to your best friend you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like you have two sons that you call every morning why are you also calling your cat he said he can't know. explain it it's he this level of level of affection yeah he yeah. loves cats i wonder if it's also like an egyptian thing it like probably 100 percent is yeah, yeah everything with him has some type of like mysticism surrounding it oh yeah some exciting news in nick's life oh yes nick cage is expecting a baby girl Holy shit. Oh, we know it's a girl. Yep. Oh, that's fantastic. Her name is going to be Lennon Augie. Lennon, Lennon for John Lennon. Yeah. Augie for his dad, August. And uh, he's going to call her Lenny. Lenny Augie. Lenny, Lenny, Lenny Augie Coppola. <laughs> Lenny Augie. Lenny Augie. Oh, I, I mean. Lennon is cute. Lennon's I like a Lennon. a cute name for a girl. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Uh, Augie. Augie just august like just august, august. Is a great name for a girl too but like just use august <laughs> lennon august coppola that sounds so good that does sound good that sounds really good lenny augie lenny augie <laughs> some choices 
not great ones were made there. You know, it's kind of like his acting roles, you know, for, for the most part, pretty good. But mm-hmm. then there's a little bit in there where you're like, that's a weird choice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like I said earlier, tons of talk shows, tons of press for this. Yes. I've watched a few, but I'll only talk about the Kimmel one because I'm overwhelmed Otherwise, by the amount of much. information that I've already shared with you. Yeah. So this was his first talk show, like I said, in 14 years. Apparently, Kimmel grew up in Las Vegas. So oh, that's something okay. that Nick... Well, Nick didn't grow up in Vegas. He grew no. up in LA. But he lives. he's lived in Vegas for a long time now. I think since leaving Las Vegas, he's lived in Vegas. Oh, wow. Okay. He never left. <laughs> <laughs> he never left Las Vegas. <laughs> um. So they talked a lot about Vegas and there's, you know, some locals. So there are some local spots. So Nick was saying, you know, it's really cool that you can either go to the strip and have that type of time or you can go to a local spot. Um, He really loves living in Las Vegas. So he said that he tried to get a movie studio built there. And let me know if this makes any sense to you. Okay, please. He said he tried to get a movie studio built in Las Vegas, but Elon Musk took the $80 million that Nick raised for it for a Tesla plant there. How can someone else take the money that you raised for a movie studio to use it for something entirely different? Maybe maybe the money like maybe it was raised. just investors, like general like Vegas investors. Yeah, maybe he raised the money for like the land. Yeah. But like how can that money but, that he raised so be like taken he, for something else? Yeah. So, like, he raised money and paid a company to, like, level, like, buildings or something or to, like, set foundation. Yeah, I don't And I then, don't know. I, I don't know. Kimmel made this joke where he was like, oh, Nick, did you want, were you too tired of the one hour flight between LA and Las Vegas <laughs> that you needed to build a studio in Vegas? That's also another classic Nicolas Cage move where, like... <laughs> He spends an absurd amount of money on something and yeah. then it falls through at the last minute. Oh, yeah. This yeah. this is like, yes. Did, did you hear actually? So if you remember many years ago now um, in real life, but only a few years ago in our podcast, we talked about how he bought all these original comic books mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they got stolen from him. Yes. And so he started like not a GoFundMe, but he's set up a, a, a tip line <laughs> to call in. Um, you, you to, uh, to try to get those comic books back right from what i've heard well this is such a great transition mm-hmm. because nick is generous in in that regard mm-hmm. where he's gonna buy something and then like not really care. well i guess that's not generosity <laughs> i don't know what we want to call that but nick is also incredibly philanthropic so oh, yeah. on the talk show he talked about how he took i think it was twenty dollars mm-hmm. i don't i forget i didn't write down what the amount was that he took but Mm -hmm. he was in the bahamas at the atlantis casino Mm -hmm. and he took twenty dollars put it down on the roulette table and ended up over the course of the night turning it into twenty thousand (laughs) dollars he said that was the last time he gambled he said he like kept putting the money down on the same color oh jeez um let it ride you know he he was like feeling the mojo is kind of what he was saying and then he ended up walking to an orphanage with the $20,000 and handing it to them. And was just like, here you go. <laughs> In like Nassau, Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that the poor orphanage's uh, accountant. <laughs> it's like, so you, you find oh, $20,000 yeah. as a donation. Uh, where did like, that come uh, from? I don't uh, think that God, you need Nicholas to Cage, do but... that when you're a nonprofit. But... Well, yeah. And also the Bahamas. Are like... <laughs> it's also, the, I don't know what the tax rules are in the Bahamas. Let's start a new podcast talking about the tax, tax laws rules in, in every Caribbean country. islands. Yeah. <laughs> so fascinating. I'm sure there's a lot of carryover between our audiences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. All right, moving on. Still in the same interview, Nick wow. talked about a two-headed snake that he had. Yes. Yeah. Um, he said that he was dreaming about two-headed eagles, and then his manager got a call from someone about a snake, and they said maybe Nick would be interested in it. Um, <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> he said he didn't want to. He didn't want to admit how much he paid for it, but he said it was at least four times the cost of the orphanage, so we can expect somewhere around eighty thousand dollars. Jesus, I wonder if Nicolas Cage, in preparation for doing press for this film, prepared the same way like a president prepares for a debate, 
You know what I mean? <laughs> a, pres- a presidential candidate where it's like, listen, this is going to come Everything up. that came up in answer. your past. Yeah. yeah. Here's an answer for how you should address this. I yeah. Wonder, I wonder what his PR person is like. He's, uh, had this, we he's probably about it before. He's had the same PR person for a while, right? I think I we know. talked about it before. I don't remember. Anyway, please he's, continue. He's had the same manager for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So uh, when asked about the names of the snakes, if he gave it two names since <laughs> it had two, two heads, yeah, yeah. he said, the reptiles don't care about us. They don't want us to name them. <laughs> <laughs> the reptiles. <laughs> he said that the snakes would fight. One was dominant mm. over the other. Mm. Um, when he had to feed them, he had to put a spatula between their heads so that they wouldn't eat each other. I don't fucking know. And then he said that became too much for him. He donated it to the Audubon Zoo. And apparently they died really recently. Oh, wow. So RIP. Okay. On the talk show, he wore this silver suit. He said that he likes to pair. Okay, this is this is the last I'm go- thing thing that I'm going to talk about. Okay, just his great. clothing for press for oh this my God. movie. His clothing has been just mwah, chef's kiss. So he's wearing this full silver suit. It's a silver blazer with a silver button-up shirt underneath and silver pants, mm. all matching. Mm. He said, "I like to pair my clothes with interesting things." Today, I felt like brushed aluminum on an old dashboard of a Cadillac. So I walked into a store and I found this, which reminded me of that. <laughs> At a premiere, he wore <laughs> he wore a suit that he described as resembling the ridges of tree bark. Then he said, "At South by Southwest, I wore a suit that reminded me of shortbread." He said, I like shortbread and I like trees. (laughs) (laughs) But so, okay, so I might insert that clip here. Please, please do. Uh, Tree bark, the ridges of tree bark. Uh, At South by Southwest, I wore a suit that reminded me of um, shortbread. Tonight, I'm wearing a suit that reminds me of the ridges of tree bark. And in fact, even my watch has tree bark ridges in it. I like trees too. I like shortbread and I like trees. What's amazing about that <laughs> clip is... He speaks so quickly. Oh, yeah. And I have to assume he's on drugs, but... Yeah. <laughs> but at the very end of it's that clip... manic. He is, he is just... Just has this little smile as he like goes, he's I being... like shortbread or I like trees. And... <laughs> I like shortbread and I like trees. And then uh, smiles. But, and then he smiles. And it's like, is he kidding? Is he this weird? Or is he just playing all of us? mm -mm. I don't think he is. He's weird. Maybe. I mean, I think that like every celebrity, very likely, they have a persona that they put on for, you know, the world. They have a persona that they have in their own personal life. And then they have a persona that they put on on screen. Yeah, for sure. Nick, I think, does have distinctions between the three. But I think that the... I don't know. I think that the lines between his personal persona and the persona he puts on for the public, not in his films, are a little bit blurred. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> Other than the fact that, like, we probably wouldn't expect Nick as someone who just sits at home, doesn't curse, and plays with his best friend, Cat, <laughs> while eating, <His> <laughs> eating animals that he finds to mate in a dignified family. I wonder if he's still doing that. I wonder if he's still claiming that. You really think that this man is going to compromise his morals? If there's one thing Nick Cage is, he's a man of of high high morality. (laughs) Now. I (laughs) I just think that he's had so many ever-changing morals throughout his life i wonder if he can still keep track of them i have a feeling that this one somehow he equates with like nouveau shamanicism and Mm. that's how he in his brain is able to keep on track with it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what a guy here we let's 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 get on to this film oh my gosh so with that we're gonna dive into this film i'm gonna try and i always say I'm gonna blaze through this, but we always end up. We kind of like, have to because right I need one. to go to the airport. Yeah, soon. Hannah's gotta Hannah's gotta get on a flight, so we'll, we'll go through this, like I said, somewhat quickly because uh, not only because Hannah has to go to the airport, but also because this is a great movie. So go see it for yourself. Yeah. 
And also, like, because we saw it in theaters, we couldn't stop and pause and like and write, write down, down every quote. So, and we're also probably not going to be able to insert that many quotes. I was no, thinking about that. Yeah. Anything so in the trailers, yeah. anything that we can probably find online that people have already posted that we didn't do ourselves. We did not record this film. No, no I feel no. like we should put that out there. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. We took notes, which yes. I believe is legal. <laughs> <laughs> I believe is legal. It's not legal to bring in your own soda bottle. But it's legal to bring in your own your notebook. Own notebook. <laughs> exactly. Steve brought in a. Co- I just want. Like a copy I want to book. share. It's, yeah. it's a composition book, like the black and white composition book that you. It's college rules. College rules <laughs> that you would get in school. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's about half filled. This thing with notes from various movies, but. I was trying to take notes in the dark and then we looked at it. They're in the so light. crooked. And they're, and <laughs> everything's all over the place. So again, it, this might not be the best recap we've ever done. It's fine. It's like fine. I said, go see this movie. Don't listen to us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just shooing the, the listeners away right now. Uh, so yeah, so let's dive into this movie. The movie actually starts on Nicolas Cage in a flashback to like the last scene of Con Air mm-hmm. where he is doing that horrible southern accent and giving the little teddy bear or the little bunny rabbit I bunny think, rabbit yeah. to his daughter and then it pans out and we see that it's somebody watching this movie and it's a uh, somewhat young maybe teenage girl uh who's watching the movie smoking weed and just being like god nicholas cage is so cool is her line and then she gets abducted so <laughs> we're off and running in this movie right we smash cut to uh Nicolas Cage in the car driving to a restaurant and as he's in the car he does this kind of operatic scream where it's like kind of like that amazing hopefully hopefully, um that didn't break people's ears (laughs) but he we find that he goes to lunch with uh a writer writer director producer David Gordon Green who I think he's actually worked with in the past I wasn't sure if you um name doesn't sound familiar but perhaps he's he's done a lot of stuff um he's i think most well known i think he's the director for all the recent halloween movies this i'm gonna guy. be honest with you yeah did not know he was a real person i assumed it was just, <laughs> it was an, just actor an actor playing a director named david uh no yeah he's david gordon Green. Cool, he's cool. like a he's a all known right. guy yeah yeah <laughs> see and that's the other thing i usually have um i'm not a great person to watch movies with <laughs> no, i ask not. a lot of questions <laughs> yeah yeah um <laughs> Couldn't do that in a movie theater. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. So moments like that were lost on me. <laughs> that's a, that's true. <laughs> Another reason we're going to try and just get, get through this here. So he goes to this lunch with David Gordon Green. Uh, Green? Yeah, Green, who is pitching a project to him, and they seem to be really meshing well and collaborating really well. And at the end of the lunch, Nick Cage says something along the lines of like, well, I'll read for the part if you want me to read. And he goes, no, you're, you don't have to you don't read. You don't need to read. And you're he's Nick like, Cage. And he's like, if you're worried about me doing the Boston accent, I could do the Boston <laughs> I'm sorry. If you're worried about me doing the Boston accent, I could do the Boston accent. And Nick Cage, unprompted, starts doing the lines. That, full monologue. Full monologue. <laughs> and I don't have the whole thing written down. I couldn't write it all down, unfortunately. But it's something about, like, it only takes 17 milliseconds for the signals in my... And he's doing this with a Boston the accent. The synapses are my The brain. synapses to reach my fingers to the medulla oblongata, you asshole. So it's... But in a in a slight a, Boston a accent. Sl- <laughs> yeah. And it's a, it's a line that's essentially saying that, like, if you shoot me, I'll have enough time to react and shoot you back. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's going to... Whatever. Superior. Yeah. So that's <laughs> going to come back later. Uh, and this is actually the same scene. So after the, the director leaves, where mm-hmm. we see uh, young Nikki Kim Coppola come in and the de-aging, I think it looks pretty good. And yeah. I, yeah. I, it. It's, it's always easier to de-age an actor who's been in the industry for a long time and, you, and the that's you true. know the artists who are de-aging him know what he used to look like. That's true. Yeah, they may have done like a deep fake thing. I mean, it, he definitely looks like a CGI person, oh, yeah. but but yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. It, it wasn't distracting. Yeah. So, um we see him there and I don't think that there's anything major, but we, it is the first time we get a, a glimpse of him. Um, then there's a few scenes where we really set up where this fictionalized version of Nicolas Cage is in his life. He's got an ex-wife, a British ex-wife. 
He's got a daughter who he doesn't connect with because he's always trying to push his desires onto his daughter's life instead of yep. the other way around. His favorite movie, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yes. Is, and he continues to push this on his daughter, mm-hmm. um, is a film that Nick, at one point in time in an interview, like a not very well-known interview, mentioned that he really liked. So mm. that was another thing that drew Nick to the project. He was like, wow, mm-hmm. these guys really do know me. They know. They've, they've, ta- they've, they've taken the research. the research. Yeah. And put it on you know, in the script. That's which awesome. Is cool. That is cool. I didn't, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So, um, then we get introduced to Neil Patrick Harris's character. So, and I think there was a lot of this in the trailer as well. And mm-hmm. it sets He's his up, manager, right? Uh, yeah, he plays his manager. He doesn't play himself, but it sets up like the entire part, the entire plot of the movie, which is that Nick Cage, who, you know, hasn't had a real big hit in a while, um, is down on his luck financially. He's, he's got some debts. He's got problems with his family. And his manager says, listen, I know it might seem below you, but there's this multimillionaire, this billionaire guy in, I guess, Croatia. who Spain. In Spain. Yeah, because yeah, it's Pedro Pascal. But yeah. <laughs> um, but he, It's filmed in Croatia, but it takes place in Spain in the movie. Gotcha. Okay, I, did, I missed that. It, I just assumed it was vaguely European. That's no, it was, yeah, okay. speci- it was explicitly <laughs> like okay. Madrid or something. Okay, so... He's having a birthday party and he's willing to pay you a million dollars to make an appearance at this birthday party. So uh, Nick Cage, well, actually, I should say that I should say this scene because there's a really funny scene and a moment in this scene where he goes to his daughter's birthday party and he gets an upsetting call from his manager that he didn't get the Boston accent <laughs> role. Yeah. So he's like, all right, screw it. Let's do the birthday party thing. But he gets really drunk at his at his daughter's <laughs> birthday party and he starts to play the piano where he starts singing a an original song impromptu <laughs> impromptu based on nothing he actually screams gather around the piano i'm gonna sing a song <laughs> and he's really drunk and the song is like really awkward and really cringy but it's a fantastic scene um there is a scream where he's at his ex-wife's house and he says something along the lines of chit chat asshole like I'm not here to chit chat, asshole. So I I wrote it down as a scream. Don't recall it. No, at all. there were pl- there were plenty of better screams that really stuck out in my memory. Well, there's yeah, there's two sure. in particular. Yeah. So the next few scenes are Nicolas Cage on his way to this birthday party in Spain uh, mm-hmm. that is hosted by some man named Javi, and on his way to uh, Javi's place, he's talking on the phone with Neil Patrick Harris, like. I don't know anything about this Javi guy. Is he gonna be weird? Is he gonna be cool? Is the he gonna? Voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have you because missed we... this? Yeah, yeah, I did. But also, it's just hilarious because it's like, well, we're not gonna be able to, we're not gonna be able to cut in oh, yeah. actual audio from so this movie. So please deep. enjoy Nick <laughs> Steve's impression of Nick Cage. So we also get the plot device when Nicolas Cage lands in Spain of Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz, who are CIA agents Mm -hmm. who are monitoring uh, Pedro Pascal's character because he is some sort of uh, drug Drug lord. lord. And then they see, oh shit, Nicolas Cage is here. What the fuck is Nicolas Cage doing here? The actor Nicolas Cage. The actor Nicolas Cage. What the actual fuck? (laughs) So um, we'll, we'll come back to them in a moment, but... Uh, Nick Cage is now in, at the villa and he's interacting with Pedro Pascal. And of course, there's that moment that is classic from the trailer and it's on all the posters where he puts his knuckles into a flat uh, a flat hand and bows to Pedro Pascal and his Nicholas Cage. And, you know, because he's it's almost apologetic because he was kind of making fun of Javi, not knowing pa- Pedro Pascal is, is Javi. And they've been spending the whole day together getting to this villa. Yep. So they get to the villa and... Pedro Pascal is trying to break through to Nicolas Cage. And he does so by saying, like, we've got to get out of here. Oh, my God. Like, there's people chasing us. He's trying to do, like, improv a scene with Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. And Nick is just like, I don't want to fucking do this. Like, I'm sorry. I don't want to fucking do this. Like, actually, at this point, Nicolas Cage has thought he's going to give up acting entirely. So he's, like, really upset with himself. Yep. He's like, I'm here to collect my million dollars and go home. Exactly. But he turns a corner and he smolders. At, at Pedro Pascal, and he's like, they sent us on a wild goose chase. We got to go. We got to jump off the cliffs. We got to save the girl. And then they start, like, bonding. And Nicolas Cage asks Pedro Pascal, what are your all-time all- favorite movies? <laughs> and Pedro- Please continue with this. <laughs> and Pedro Pascal says, what, what is it? The cabinet of... Of 
of Dr. Caligari. The cabinet of Dr. Caligari is one of them. And I think Face Off is another one. And he goes, well, what's your third favorite movie? And he goes, don't judge me. It's Paddington 2. Paddington 2 <laughs> was going to be a plot point from day one. Oh, yeah. The writer and the director who collaborated on this have a special place in their heart for the film Paddington 2. So they yeah. wanted to find a way to involve it in this movie. And it comes up a few times. It's it's one of like the only movies that genuinely has like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. I've like, never seen it. People say it's I think like we the should best watch it after made. this. We should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, normally, I would see a movie like this and be like, wow, they referenced so many films. I should mm. watch them. And I'm like, well, uh, out of all the films they referenced, the only ones I haven't seen are the ones that aren't the Nick Cage right. movies. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> so, so Paddington 2 and then The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which is a... Um, a I assume it's an old movie. Yeah, it's yeah. German. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. So they're finally bonding, Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal. We watch them watch Paddington 2 and they're just crying. And they're like, Pedro Pascal's like, that movie made me a better man. <laughs> like, it's a really great scene. But... Nick Cage, not wanting to end the night, goes to a local bar where he runs into the figment of his imagination, Nikki. Nikki. And Wild at Heart. From Wild it's Nicholas Cage from Wild at Heart. So Nikki sits down and starts yelling at Nicholas at the adult version of Nicholas Cage. <laughs> and he starts saying, What the fuck are you talking about? I'm Nick. But but a thousand times better. Longer and better. It and louder. was chilling. <laughs> in, in, I got goosebumps. Um. My heart stopped. <laughs> Steve had to re- resuscitate me in this movie theater. <laughs> so, so that was incredible. And they're at this bar and Nick Cage is about to leave because they're talking about like, you can't give up acting. Like, what are you doing at this birthday party thing? This is horrible. Yeah. They're going we don't, back t- we don't take handouts. We earn our money. Right. That kind of thing. And Nick Cage is like, actually, actually, you know what? I'm glad I talked to you. You know what, Nikki? <laughs> I'm glad I talked to you. So they both stand up and they lean in and make out with each other. We don't see it. It's just the back of the head. We only see the back of the backs of the heads. But he makes out with the younger version of himself. And then young Nikki Kim goes, whoa, Nick Cage smooches good. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> originally, Nick, Nikki was supposed to give Nick a kiss on the cheek. And oh. real life Nick Cage said, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's I want to make out with the younger version of myself. <laughs> Amazing. Good for him. Good for him. So on his way out of the bar, he gets Nick Cage, the adult Nick Cage version, <laughs> the grown up, the one we know and Nick, love. Nick, not Nikki. Yes, Nick gets abducted by tiffany haddish and ike barinholtz and there's a really great scene the cia agents the cia agents where they go you know we actually need you to spy on pedro pascal for us and nick says something along the lines of well you know what uh, i've always thought i could be a good spy and uh, i think i i think i know more about pedro pascal than you guys because i have a nouveau shamanic method of acting <laughs> and ike barinholtz is just like oh cool great we're done guys like let's leave because, awesome yeah. because nick has nouveau shamanism and we have oh just five years of working on this case and and profiling and cia this experience yeah. but like, nick no, i don't think he's actually a drug lord he's definitely a drug lord nick <laughs> so there's a, a lot of really good back and forth so here's a scene that we referenced earlier. So Nick Cage is finally at the birthday party, and now he's got to spy on Pedro Pascal. He's got to break into a uh, uh, like a computer room or something. So they're at the birthday party, and Nick it, he has to be all stealthy. And so they're like, he's like, oh no, somebody's coming, and he's got the CIA agents in his ears. And they're like, all right, get that, uh, get the get the uh, get the poison that we gave you to incapacitate somebody. Just make sure. It, it touches their skin and they'll get knocked out and he puts the poison on his hand and then he touches his forehead accidentally and he has and to he's like, like oh wait i i think i touched i don't i don't remember if i touched my forehead i didn't we're good I, it's okay we're fine and, he like and then a second later he's like oh fuck <laughs> so there's a there's a whole great scene there but it's great that it, then he's like about to pass out and they're like oh shit like we just got nicholas cage killed like yeah. the cia agents and then tiffany haddish just goes 
action. And he bursts awake and like gives himself the antidote, which is great. But what we referenced earlier was that Pedro Pascal gives a speech at his birthday party and he says, you know, people might be thinking, why do I have Nicolas Cage here? But when my father was dying, what we watched in the oh hospital. God, I can't believe that he was, actually said this. Was guarding Tess. Of all movies, he mentions guarding Tess. One of the worst. And he's like, <laughs> I really thought of myself as the character portrayed by Nicolas Cage and my father as like the the, the queen or whatever it was. Yeah. And Tess, I guess, was the character. Tess. Name. Yeah, yeah. Shirley McLean. Was it? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and so, and Hannah and I are like dying because he's. That was the reference that we yeah. were cracking up at, and like I looked around and Nobody no one else it. really. Nobody <laughs> was giving any type of <laughs> reaction. So Nick Cage is like, "Okay, I've done my job. I got to get out of here. Like, we're done." But the CIA agents are like, "Actually, we think Pedro Pascal abducted abducted this girl from scene one. So you got to find a reason to stick around." Mm-hmm. So his reason to stick around is that Pedro Pascal wants to write a screenplay with Nicholas for Cage Nick to star in it. To, for Nick to star in. So Nick is like, "Fine, all right, I'll, I'll stick around and we'll we'll write a screenplay." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's a great scene where, or a great couple of scenes where, in order to get inspiration, Pedro Pascal gives him acid. So they're on acid. <laughs> for a little while so that's fun there's a scene from the trailer that is them on acid oh and yeah they're trying being to get paranoid. over a wall they're trying to get over a wall and nick cage screams like grab my hand soldier i won't leave you behind <laughs> and um you know of course you could just walk right around the wall it's one of those classic things <laughs> hannah mentioned the shrine we i don't think we need to go into too much detail but there's a lot of great things in there um yep. the like bead like the chemical beads from um the rock are in oh, there oh yeah 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 uh, the sequence pillow the little bunny rabbit from the rock at the end or yeah. conair yeah conair um, um the face the the wax figure with the custom guns from yeah Faceoff. so all of that was really challenging to source they had to like hire mm. someone in croatia to make the wax figure oh wow and something that was cut is Javi has a Wi-Fi password. Oh, okay. And he starts spelling it out and he says N-A-T-I-O. And then Nick was like, is it National Treasure? And and he goes, actually, it's uh, National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets <laughs> is the Wi-Fi password in the cutscene. <laughs> but... So there's a there's a couple of scenes like in a row where it's like what you would call a MacGuffin, right? Where it's a thing you think is going to happen, mm-hmm. but then it doesn't. Happen. Yeah. So, so they so yeah. they enter this room and okay. and the audience assumes that that's where the gr- the the yeah. girl at the beginning who is abducted is going to be. Yeah. Stored because it's like I need to get into this room and Pedro Pascal's like, Are you don't, sure? Please, please don't, don't judge, judge me. me. For what I've got in this room. And it's like... And it's... Yeah. And it's just a shrine. It's a shrine to Nick Cage. And Tiffany Haddish is like, why don't you suggest in your movie that you have a kidnapping scene so you could see where he would put a person if he were to kidnap somebody. And he... You know, so Nick Cage goes like, well, maybe we should have a kidnapping scene. Pedro Pascal hates that idea. He's like, where is this coming from? I hate it. I hate the idea. And he's got a gun in his hand at the time because they're skeet shooting. And you're like, oh, no, what's going to happen? He goes... It's because you have a strained relationship with your daughter, isn't it? That's why you want to change the script so much all of a sudden. And Nick's like, yes. Yes, yep, sure, uh-huh. you got it. hundred percent. So Pedro Pascal, drug lord, flies in his ex-wife and uh, Nick Cage's ex-wife and Nick Cage's daughter. And Nick Cage is freaking out. He's like, oh my God, like, I don't know what to do. CIA is like, all right, here's what you got to do. You got to try and get your family out of there to buy yourself some time. You have to get access to a firearm, which is the gun from Face Off, and you have to kill Javi. At the same time, the audience realizes that Javi is not the drug lord. It's just his name is on everything, all of the the drug trafficking, and it's his cousin, like who we thought was a henchman up until mm-hmm. this point, who's the actual ringleader. And he's using Javi as like a public figure to blame. Right, exactly. And Javi doesn't care because like he just takes a bunch of money and sits in a villa and gets to hang out with Nicholas Nick Cage. Cage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so um, we all find this out at the same time. So, um, and we also find out, or, or Javi finds, Pedro Pascal, finds out that Nicholas Cage has been working with the CIA. So he feels he has to kill Nicholas Cage. Mm-hmm. So they drive out to the cliffs where they had that big jump from earlier. 
they trade shoes, which was a really cute moment where they were both like, I like your I shoes. I like your shoes. I like your shoes too. Let's trade. <laughs> and um, so there's kind of like this back and forth of like, they, they feel like they have to kill each other. Should they kill each other? Should they not? I don't want to kill you. You're the last person I want to kill. I love you. I love you. And then they start getting shot at by by the the actual bad guys. And then there's a, a chase. And in this chase, we realize that the drug lords kidnap Nick Cage's daughter. So Nick Cage, Pedro Pascal, his ex-wife, and Pedro Pascal's like girlfriend in the movie find the safe house. And Pedro Pascal's got a great idea. He says, you know what? Nick Cage's wife, which I failed to mention, but Nick Cage met his wife in this movie. Oh, because she was a makeup artist in... Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Mandolin. Oh my God. <laughs> Another obscure reference that only we understood in the, yeah. of the people in this theater. We were dying. And so... Uh, his idea is let's put let's use her makeup artistry skills to put prosthetics on Nicolas Cage to look like a rival drug boss, and you can just walk right in the front door because he I, hasn't seen the rival drug boss in years, so he doesn't know what he yeah. looks like anymore. Yeah, so you'll just walk right in the front door, find the girls, get the girls, and get out. You know, and Nick Cage is doing this accent and he's doing his caginess <laughs> this, yeah, with the prosthetics he's on. He's supposed and, to be like an Italian drug lord. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he finds the girls, and of course, everything goes wrong. They find out that he's Nick Cage, so somebody's got a gun to his head, but he's got a gun to Javi's cousin, like the main guy. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? He delivers the monologue with the Boston accent. <laughs> it only takes 17 milliseconds for the signals to go to my medulla oblongata, asshole. <laughs> so if you kill me, I'm going to kill you. The callback it, was so good. It was a great callback. And they escape somehow, and now you've got all these people, including the girls, and the girl from the beginning of the very beginning of the movie. And so she escapes and sees Nicolas Cage running towards the car, and she's like, Nicolas Cage? That's fucking cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. When she and was so watching the movie. all of them are in the car, and they're escaping the bad guys who are shooting at them, and Nick Cage is just dadding and driving at the same... Everybody have their seatbelt on? <laughs> like, do, all right, everybody be safe. Everybody get down. Okay. <laughs> like, it, it's great. And they finally drive to the embassy, and the bad guy catches up to him, puts a, you know, puts a gun to Nick Cage's head in the middle of the embassy, but Nick Cage's daughter finds a knife in the car and throws the knife at Nick Cage. And he stabs the bad guy and he goes, ah! And it pans back and it's not his wife and daughter anymore. It's it's Brooke Shields. It's Brooke Shields? Oh, I thought it was Demi Moore. Was... I thought they said Demi Moore oh, in the movie. I thought they said Brooke Shields. Demi uh, Moore. I wrote down Demi they Moore. Look, they in look my very brain, similar. <laughs> in my brain right now, they look exactly the same. So, Demi Moore, if you wrote that down, it was, yeah, pro- it was probably Demi Moore. It was probably Demi Moore. And so... Was she married to Ashton Kutcher? Yes. Her. Okay. Not Brooke Shields. Not Brooke Glad we got through that. (laughs) So, so, like, then it pans out again like it did in the beginning of the movie. And we're in a theater. So Nick Cage and Javi wrote this as the screenplay. Right. Based upon the situation that they were in. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just, I I know we're almost done, but I want to reflect on like the bromance between Javi and Nick. It is so adorable. It is really adorable. They are like really good buds. I loved them together. Yeah. They are great. Such good chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, They had amazing chemistry together. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So they're at the theater watching the movie. Nick Cage decides to not go to the after party. Instead, Mm -hmm. he wants to go home and spend time with his family. Sorry. Wanted to mention. Yeah. Javi doesn't watch the movie in the theater because he's too nervous. Uh Nick Cage has said that he didn't want to watch this movie because mm. he was too nervous about it. But he also took on a role of a producer for this film, like oh, retroactively, so he and he to. had to watch it two to three times. But he said otherwise he would not have uh, watched it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. Good. Yeah. So he goes home and he goes to his daughter. Let's watch a movie. But you pick the movie. I don't want to force a, a weird German movie on you. And she goes, this is going to sound weird, but... D- have you ever seen Paddington 2? And the family sits together and they watch Paddington 2 and they're all crying. And then like the camera like pans out of the living room and goes up to the sky and you see the skyline. And as it's panning away and the movie's ending, it's that scream from before. From Nikki. Nick fucking Cage. So insanely and that's, incredible. And that's the movie. So yeah, I think it was so good. My concluding thoughts are you're absolutely right. Like, the buddy aspect of it is fantastic. They yeah. nailed the tone of this It was movie. only like an hour and a half. I thought it was the perfect length. They they 
touched on so much. Like the plot was fun. Yeah. Like it, it was so good. Yeah. I, I have no criticism. Yeah. hundred percent. All right, Han, we are coming up on an hour worth of podcasting. So let's blaze through some Nick Cage awards. So I can get on an airplane and get the hell out of here. (laughs) Uh, First award is best supporting actor of this movie. Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal, 100%. Their chemistry is better than any woman he's ever had (laughs) a relationship with in a movie. So so you're, you're... I think that his chemistry was better than his chemistry with like any of the other like bro cops that he's also right right yeah for sure you know chemistry with yeah yeah for sure I think uh, but what I was gonna ask is is his chemistry with Pedro Pascal better or with the young version of himself (laughs) is that a better supporting actor I think it's I think it's still Pedro I mean Nikki is phenomenal yeah but we've seen him before we've never seen (laughs) Javi so I'll give it to Javi that's true uh best dressed we didn't talk a lot about his clothes so he wears like a white tuxedo um, could we give best dress to oh. him in the press? <laughs> no, I'm going to give best dress to him in the prosthetics. Oh, yes. Pretending to be the Italian mob boss. Yes, 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 yes. Prosthetics are so disgusting. Like, <laughs> he looks nasty. He does, yeah. Uh, worst Nick Cage scene. This is a tough one. Yeah. Because hmm. there weren't that many bad scenes. And it was short, too. Yeah. Maybe the scene with him and Neil Patrick Harris just, like, yeah, at the spa talking about taking this job. Yeah, it's a, it's a little weird, I think, because you have such a big name and a great actor in Neil Patrick Harris, and he's kind of underutilized. And when I saw the trailer, mm-hmm. I assumed that Tiffany Haddish and Neil Patrick Harris would be playing themselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, that's true, because right? in the trailer, I don't think it's revealed. I think it is revealed that she's a CIA agent, though. Is it? Yeah. Maybe in the full trailer, yeah, but I yeah, think yeah. like in the original trailer... Right. I assumed that Neil Patrick Harris was just his buddy, like was yeah. in real, you know, like Nick yeah. Cage as an actor's buddy, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give it to that one. Yeah. It wasn't bad, but. No, it, but it, you're right. I don't it think. Drives it drives the plot for sure. It, it is like, it is very much the, the, the moment that the plot is driven. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they could have tackled it better. Yeah. Or yeah. his character better. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, best Nicolas Cage scene. It's got to be him making out. <laughs> with himself okay yeah i don't i don't know what else i mean everything else is so overshadowed by that so there's just no other answer that's great uh the best nicholas cage scream it's nick fucking fucking cage twice he like like shakes his head around as he does it yeah his cheeks you know Uh move (laughs) and the most nouveau shamanic moment Probably it- him talking about nouveau shamanism. <laughs> it's really meta. <laughs> it's right. the most meta. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Han. I think that's going to do it. The big question, though, where are we ranking this one? Top 10. Top 10, she says. All right. Well, number 10, I think, is... Let me see. Ooh, number 10 is Mandy. Better. Better than Mandy. Well, no. I mean, not better. You know what I mean. No, no, no. Like, more enjoyable, more cagey. Yeah. Mm, yes, more cagey. Yeah. Uh... Past Mandy, we have The Family Man at number nine. Better. Okay. Uh, past that, we have The Weather Man at number eight. Better. All right. Then we've got Adaptation at number seven. He was amazing in Adaptation, but really I'm going to rank this like above it okay. still. Below it, whatever. Number six is Face Off. <sighs> Better. Wow. Okay, so we're getting into the top five. I think that's where we'll leave it. Number f- like six. Well, number five. Oh, okay. Number five is The Wicker Man. Yeah, I want <laughs> I want this after that. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Do you agree? I, I agree. I certainly think it's it's up there. Yeah. For sure. So, so good. Yeah, it's really good. The Wicker Man is terrible. I mean let me yeah. let, oh, let's be oh, clear yeah. about that. Oh, hundred percent. But in this ranking and the Wicker and, Man is cagier. And all rankings are final, so don't add Do us. not add us. <laughs> Do not you dare. All right, Han, the last thing to talk about is what are we doing next? It's a great question. So what are we doing next? He has two movies, Nicolas Cage does, in post-production in 2022. Uh, this guy, his name's Nicolas uh, Cage, originally Nicolas Kim Coppola. Is He's an he actor. related to the Coppola family or something? Um, you or know, I'm know, not, sure. not sure. I don't really know who a lot is, about who this Who are the guy. Coppola family? <laughs> 
they're they're like they have this vineyard but then i think they also directed a movie or two the wine is okay (laughs) (laughs) so anyway he has two upcoming projects in 2022 uh there is no release date yet at least not according to imdb but one is called the retirement plan and Mm -hmm. one is called the old way um but Mm -hmm. in interviews people ask what's your next project and he says well i'm playing draft Sorry. Dracula. Well, I'm <laughs> Dracula and Renfield. And so, so I think that movie's going to be in black and white. So when you see the Ooh, pictures very fun. of like the the set pictures, he looks like he has crazy makeup, but don't let that like fool you. Or I guess like <laughs> it's just because it's in black and white, he needs to wear specific okay. kinds of makeup. Yeah. Very, very cool. So that's going to do it, Han. Any other closing thoughts before we get out of here? It's good to be back. It's so good to be back. I, I'm struggling with closing thoughts because it's been a while. Yeah. And I feel like we spoke so much in the last hour. My throat hurts. Um, no, we missed you guys. Yeah. This was really fun. We have a fun time with this. I think I have more of an appreciation for it now that we don't have to do it as often. I, I explain it like, you know how when women give birth, oh, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> there's Where's a chemical signal where you forget how painful it is. Oh. Yeah. I think it's kind okay. of like us in podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've related it to Stockholm Syndrome before as well. <laughs> yeah. Or just related our relationship with Nick to Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. But I like who Nick, like, I guess that's my closing thoughts. I like who he's becoming. Yeah, me too. We've we've really watched the man evolve. We sure have. And I am proud of who he is. Yeah. That despite all of the fame, all of the controversy, all of just the, like, neuroticism and yeah. just chaos, like, surrounding his life, he is, like, very much with it together mm-hmm. he has a family he has a baby on the way his oh, first yeah. daughter Aww. like this is really cool like i'm really happy for yeah. him yeah good, good oh my god who am i who are you remember when we started this we were like, like fuck, fuck this, this guy, guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy okay well i gotta get on a plane but it was good talking to you guys mm-hmm. how do we end this podcast how do we end this podcast <laughs> always remember that we're here for you through nick and thin. thin. <laughs> I don't think I usually... <laughs> usually you say the whole thing. I do. Okay. But I'm awkward right now. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.